0: All right. Good to be here. Good to see you all. Welcome to those that are uh, joining online or via the podcast. And uh, it's just wonderful that we can. You know, it's good to see uh, people gathering together. Hallelujah. And I'm looking forward to uh, as the months continue that we can have even even more and more freedom to to gather together. Um, So let's continue to pray for that. We're uh, in the midst of this series, soul search. And this is something that I've actually given a significant amount of time over the past several years to, 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 uh, to dig in and to d- discover a way that we can grow spiritually and, and um, communicate with one another <clears throat> about our spiritual conditions. So it's really meant to equip, The series is meant to equip us with a way to measure where we're at spiritually, what, what the state of our soul is and to give us language to communicate to one another um, where we're at in in a meaningful way. And throughout scriptures, you know, we're, we're instructed to do this, to examine ourselves, to evaluate where we are spiritually, and also to ask God into that process of, of determining the state of our soul. And Last week we introduced a series and talked about how God, after Adam and Eve uh, fell in the garden, I mean, so this is the initial story of Scripture after creation is the fall, and, and Adam's sin, and Adam and Eve were, were hiding, and God asked, where are you? And of course God didn't, know, uh, didn't need to know the answer to the question, God knew where, where Adam was. He knew everything that had happened, but Adam didn't know. And so God asks questions to uh, stimulate us to find the answer. And so just like Adam, we need to ask ourselves, where are we? Where are we spiritually? And and we find in the Psalms, this is actually throughout the Psalms, I had to pick one Psalm that that, uh, you know, uses these terms, but the psalmist David, it cries out, search me, O God, this whole psalm actually is really powerful, but search me, O God, and know my heart, test me, and know my anxious thoughts, point out anything in me that offends you, and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Wow, what a powerful prayer. And this is the heart of David and asking the Lord to do a spiritual work in him. David inviting God to, to examine his heart and his thought, his feelings, his emotions, his rationale, his thinking, and, and to reveal anything that was contrary to God's character in him. Uh, and then it goes on, it says, and lead me along the path of everlasting life. And and this is just one more place where we see in Scripture this idea of a journey, uh, uh, comparing our spiritual life to a, a path, a, a journey. And David is saying, lead me. In this process of examining me and pointing out areas that are contrary to you and uh, and and uh, leading me into transformation, compares it to walking along a path unto everlasting life. And so that's like a mech metric or measurement, a way we can measure uh, and we can use to identify and communicate where we are in our spiritual life, where our soul is. Introduce this idea, and we want you to really get this image in your mind. Uh, Paul talks about it in Philippians 3.14. There is that uh, the idea of pressing on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And the idea of an upward call is is that, again, that journey upward, and it will take an eternity to get to know an infinite God, all right? And so this journey that we're on doesn't last just a few months or a few years, uh, or even our entire lifetime. I believe that for the rest of eternity, even in heaven, we will continue to explore the depths and the breadth and, you know, width of the love of God. But just a simple way to measure, you know, are you moving away from God? Uh, in in some area? Are you stuck? Are you just kind of treading water? Um, Or are you moving toward God? So on the path toward everlasting life that David mentions, you know, was he going backwards? Was he just holding his ground? Or was he moving forward? And of course, he wanted to be led he wanted to move toward God and toward maturity, and of course, that's where we want to—we all want to do—and we want to be able to encourage one another to be doing that. And this gives us a language and a, and a, and a framework that we can measure and communicate it. And we're basing it on uh, again. We, Mark and I spent a lot of time discussing this, Pastor Mark. Uh, and I, I read a book, and I've, I've talked with other uh, pastors that have of using a similar um, methodology. But I wanted something super, super memorable, something that we wouldn't have to, you know, take a long test or read a book or, 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 you know, go to an online assessment to measure our spiritual state. And so we just formed an acronym based on the the word soul, soul search. Scripture talked about that last week. Where are we in our relationship with God's Word? And, uh, you know, different ways to, to grow in that. And today I'm going to be talking about others, uh, evaluating how our relationships in life affects our spiritual state. Next week we'll be talking about the upward, the upward call of God in Christ, our relationship with God through prayer, worship, journaling, hearing God's voice, all the different ways that we commune with God and then the last one is kind of an overview of just life. And that would include a lot of the practical things of, of life, like our work, our health, emotions, uh, possibly sinful habits or uh, destructive behaviors that we, we have to deal with. And so and just these four categories, asking yourself, am I stuck, am I moving away from God, or am I actually moving toward God? Asking ourselves that daily. Uh, to identify where we are and asking God to, to be, participate with us in that process so that we, he can help us um, reveal obstacles, reveal things that are contrary to him, or reveal uh, things that cause us to get stuck or move away from him. And then also, you know, this is a positive thing, Right? Sanctification and, and growing in God is not just about fighting sin, all right. And in fact, that should be the 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 lesser amount, where it's about pursuing God and pursuing righteousness. And so we want to celebrate the things that are uh, enabling us to live more Christ-like and enabling us to build the kingdom of God. And so, uh, both in ourselves and in our conversations with others, and it gives us language to communicate meaningfully and appropriately. Um, as, as you know, I've been around the Christianity for almost 40 years, and <clears throat> so often, if, if people are a stalker, they don't feel like they're growing. The only word they have to communicate is that they feel dry. And it's almost like, well, how, what do you do with that? But uh, this metric, I, we're hoping, is a little more functional, and that, you know, I feel like I'm moving away from God. Well, and then you can dig in and identify what's causing that. or why you're stuck, or what's, what's actually working to draw you closer to God. And I believe that this metric is also, it's, it's meaningful as, uh, in that it's, it actually touches on where we are spiritually. I don't want to you know, uh, teach this or, or, or try to get you to do something that doesn't actually have purpose and doesn't actually uh, produce fruitfulness. I, I really think that if we learn how to use this and use it as a church, as well as as individuals, uh, it will become more and more meaningful, and it's appropriate uh, by keeping it brief, right? And this is really important, especially when you're doing it in community, in, in our small groups, uh, in community groups, or just uh, one-on-one fellowship. You know, don't tell the whole story while you're stuck. A lot of people want to give all the details so that you really know why. That's not what this is meant to, to do, or, you know, or uh, uh, uh and keep it short just so you can communicate something like man i'm really feeling distant you know what that helps us or helps the other person know where you're at or um i really discovered a, a truth this week in god's word that gave me life great you don't have to go into all the details you know if you want to go into all the details make a, a, a you know have a time for coffee set it up <laughs> but but we need to introduce language that we can use on a daily basis, and so it's important to keep it brief and uh, and meaningful. All right, today we're going to delve into this uh, second aspect. Last week we talked about Scripture, this week we're talking about others, and uh, we're going to talk about four reasons in the Bible uh, that show that relationships affect our souls and, and why. And the first one is, again, right there in the beginning I love going to Genesis, um, the beginning of the story of the Bible, because so many of the important scriptural theological truths are uh, found there, a foundational aspect of them are right there in that first story. And uh, when God chose to make mankind, Genesis 1.26, it says, then God said, let us make man in our image, According to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the cattle, all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Notice that it's plural. You know, it's God, singular, said let us, plural. And in the Hebrew, it's plural. Okay? And the the Old Testament scholars really uh, struggled over this idea, and they came up with various... uh, Uh, explanations, but we really see the fulfillment of it in the New Testament where we see Jesus, God the Son, and although the Holy Spirit is throughout all of Scripture, the the role of the Holy Spirit and the person of the Holy Spirit is really clarified in the New Testament, and we see that God is a plurality. God lives in community, the three in one eternally, and, and that is part of what we are created in uh, is that we are created in community. Let's create them. And it continues on uh, verse 27. So God made man in His own image, and in the image of God He created him, singular, male and female. He created them, plural. Hmm. Just like the, the uh, we share in that same identity of God. Um, uh, you know, we kind of bridge the gap of being an individual, but we live in community then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. And so our identity in the, the first commandment is to multiply, to increase the level of community, level of relationship and actually fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over everything that lives on the earth. And so we were created in God's image in that we share in community and we were created to live in community Relationships are an essential aspect of being human. And we reflect the nature of God best through our relationships. Hear it! This is a big point. I want sound effects. (laughs) I always wanted that that investment guy on TV. I don't know if he's still around, but he used to hit the buttons and then boing, boing. Anyway. Spirit, spirituality is worked out in relationship. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, there's a very limited amount of holiness you can attain uh, isolated or apart from a relationship because relationships actually bring our stuff to the surface and force us to deal with our stuff and deal with others. Why? Because we were created to be that way. And uh, I love this uh, proverb because it's so blunt and to the point. Proverbs 18.1, a man who isolates himself, seeks his own desire. It means he's selfish. He rages against all wisdom or all wise judgment. So isolating is actually raging against wisdom. Uh, And it's selfish. Now, there's times to be, I'm an introvert, there's times, I'm, I'm an omnivore, actually, <clears throat> but that means I spend a lot of time introvert and a lot of time extrovert. But I, I value the importance of being alone, and I, I, alone time is very important to me, but it's, I don't isolate, you know, because isolation is destructive. Number two reason is that Jesus came, first reason, we were created to be in relationship. Second reason is that Jesus came to reconcile all of mankind, do you think relationships might be important if that was the reason Jesus left heaven and came down and took on human form and died on the cross? Yeah, wow. I'd say it's very important. On the li- top of the list of important things is reconciliation, relational reconciliation. Ephesians, Paul's explaining this. Says he came and preached peace. Peace is the end of conflict with the restoration of, of, of unity and relationship. To you who were afar off and to those who were near, for through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. So again, we have this image of distance to communicate uh, or measure our relationship with God. And, and, and Paul explains that. He says, you who were far off, referring to the Gentiles and, and those who did not know God through the, the words of Scripture. They were distant from God. And those who were near, so that, referring to the Jewish people who had God's word and they were close and some of them had genuine relationship. But Jesus came to bring All of mankind, whether they are far, far away, physically or spiritually, or whether they were close, into one uh, household. Jesus' sacrifice on the cross was to enable every man, woman, and child on planet Earth who responds to the message of the gospel in faith to become part of this one family, to be united into one family. Think about that! There's so much division in the world. And Jesus is the answer to join together all races, all ethnicities into one family. I just think it's the the beauty of the message of Christ. Uh, Salvation is personal. You must personally accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. There's no way around that. You need to have a personal encounter with Jesus to the point where you believe He is as He is uh, said to be, according to Scripture, that He died on that cross for your sin and that you accept His Lordship in your life. That's personal. And at some point in your life, looks different for everybody, but it needs to, it needs to come to the place where you accept Jesus as your Lord. But Christianity is never meant to be private as though it's just something you, you hide with, all right? It's meant to bring you into a relationship with a community of faith, that we do life together. That was the purpose Christ came, it was to create this new household of faith. And it also changes our relationship to those who are still on the outside, those who are still far off. So it, it changes our relationship with other. Uh, You know, once we become saved, we're now brother or sister to other Christ followers, but it also changes our relationship to those who have yet to come into that relationship with God. And the Bible tells us that now we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God. And so do you embrace this as your identity now? That in your relationship with the others, whatever the group of others is in your life, all right, there's you and them, everybody has that in their life, but, and, and the category of them is different for each of us. Is my, am I making sense? So the them, whether it be the neighbors down the street that you don't really like, or the co-worker that you have a hard time talking to because they're so radically different worldview than you have. That's the them. And you're called to be Christ's ambassador to them, pleading with them to be reconciled to God. And of course, if they're reconciled to God, what does that mean? That means they become your brother or sister. Now they're part of the family. All right? And that's Christianity, folks. That's, that's what we're called. So relationship is so important. And um, <clears throat> number three reason why relationships are important to our soul is that Jesus said it was the most important commandment. Uh, 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 a person asked Jesus, "Teacher, uh, which is the great commandment in law in the law?" And Jesus said to him, "You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul." And with all your mind. The first, uh, this is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all of the law and the prophets. So Jesus clearly uh, told us in Scripture that these two commandments, loving God and loving others, that would be relationships with other people. What other people? All other people all right? So include your spouse, include your family, your neighbors, strangers, even your enemies. Love your enemies. You know, that's another commandment. Uh, it's really two sides. Is these, are the, these are the two commandments that on these two commandments hang everything else. Everything else in the, in, in the law, every other commandment really is, is, is secondary to this primary goal of love, loving God. And loving others, and as Christ followers, we're called into that uh, that 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 uh, state of relationship. Uh, it's it's our, our destiny. It's our purpose. And John said it this way: Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God. Wow! For God is love. If we're not acting in love in some relationship in our life, we don't know God in that relationship. Does that make sense? If there's a relationship in your life that is not demonstrating love, then you're lacking some aspect of God being active. You're you're distant or you're stuck from uh, God in that relationship, and God wants you to be moving toward Him in that relationship that make sense? All right, <clears throat> good. Uh, a fourth one, <clears throat> the last reason is that relationships are a priority of sanctification. Colossians uh, says this very clearly, he says, put on the new man who is renewed according to the image of him who created him. Uh, I love that this harkens back to that initial story of creation, that we are made in the image of God, but of course because of sin, because of uh, the, uh, the uh, the brokenness of the world that we live in, we're all uh, cut off from the image of God. And sanctification is a process that's um, done by the power of the Holy Spirit where we, we put on this new man, this, we become new creations um, and are renewed into the knowledge of the image of him who created him. And so it's, it's hearkening back to what we were originally meant to be. Uh, and then it goes on. It says whether there's uh, where there is in Christ, whom we're uh, the new creation. It says there is neither Greek nor Jew. Huh? so this is ethnic differences. Uh, you know, are, are are don't exist in the kingdom of God circumcised or uncircumcised. This would be religious practices that were super important in the Old Testament. He's saying, you know what, that doesn't, that, that differentiation doesn't exist in Christ's kingdom. Barbarian, again, those, those, those other people. And they mentioned mentions Scythians, which is in other places where the same ideas mentioned that this, that one's not pointed out, but well, maybe the Colossians had a problem with the Scythians and said, even those people, you know what? We're all one. Slave of free. Economic uh, differences. That, that differentiation doesn't exist in the kingdom, but in Christ, we're, uh, we're all one. Christ is all and in all. That's who we are called to. That's the kingdom uh, mentality, the kingdom worldview, and it continues on. And this is part of what sanctification is, is overcoming those carnal-based divisions that have... Uh, uh, wreaked havoc on mankind uh, for, for gen- generations upon generations that in Christ that we can find love and unity and, 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 and um, uh, the expression of what Jesus came and died to bring us back into that holiness of the original purpose of creation. Continues on says, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, treat, this is how we are to treat other people, with tender mercies, kindness, Humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. And so all of these things, forgiving, uh being long-suffering, bearing one another, we must do this if we're claiming that Jesus forgave us. If we're claiming that we're new creations in Christ, then we are to treat other people with this type of uh, 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 lifestyle. And then he goes on, he says, But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. That's the goal. That's the finished product. And let the peace of God rule in your heart, to which you were called in one body and be thankful. And so sanctification is all about working out holiness and uh, uh, being renewed in our character uh, by and through our relationships with others and the whole scale of others. So it's, that's uh, uh, the four reasons. Primary, uh, it's a, a being created in the image of God. It's the purpose Christ came. It's a priority of sanctification. And what was the, there was the number third one. We were created in the image of God. It was the purpose Christ came. I remembered it. It was a great commandment. Ha. <laughs> and it's a priority of sanctification. There will be a test on that later. All right. <laughs> so what does this look like? Quickly going to go through four application tips on how we can actually do this. We want to ask, you know, how is this? And it can be any relationship. So it doesn't, you don't. Know, again, let's make this simple what relationship should I evaluate? Well, whichever one comes to mind. You know, if you're doing a chore, if you think about a relationship problem or any relationship pops in your head, you think of someone, go, how is this relationship affecting my soul? How is it? Is it moving me toward God? Is it moving me away from God? Or am I just stuck? How am I displaying the character of God, all those Characteristics uh, defined earlier in sanctification in this relationship. My relationship with my spouse? Am I I, I growing in my ability to communicate forgiveness and long-suffering and forbearance and patience and (laughs) self-control? I pointed out all of the hard ones. (laughs) Joy and peace and gentleness, some of the good ones. Or am I not? You know? Am I moving away from God or moving toward God or am I stuck in this relationship? Just That's, the, that's as simple as it is. Think of relationship and ask, how, how's that going? Uh, am I loving them, whoever the them is in the relationship, your kids, your neighbors, like God loves them? Am I displaying the tender mercies, kindness and humility, long-suffering bearing with one another? You know, and there's, we interact with people every day. And you have to stop and ask yourself, in, in my relationship with this person, or certain people I go to, the certain restaurants and certain stores. Frequently enough, they eventually know my name. And I try to get to know their name. And so I can say, hey, you know, uh, Stuart, how are you doing today? Good, good to see you again, Cameron, how you been? Great. And, 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 and I can display God's love. It's just simply knowing someone's name. Uh-huh. Uh, working in retail, just looking into someone's face and and doing a little smile because so many people are complaining, you know? Really? Uh, It's it's easy things. Um, And and measuring yourself, how can you do that to uh, the people that you encounter and how can you improve on that? Number three is, is there something I can do to move closer to God in and through this relationship? So that, that actually may take some thought uh, as you process this in your, in your heart and think, in this relationship, what can I do to be more Christ-like, to, to get closer to God? And even if it's a negative uh, relationship, that might mean setting some boundaries. By a negative relationship, if it's a relationship that's actually pulling you away from God or just getting you stuck. You may need to set some boundaries. I'm not going to spend quite so much time, or when I'm with this person, I'm going to be really prepared to be Christ-like and not let them drag me into gossip or complaining or, or, or whatever. <laughs> um, it may involve getting counseling, you know, and talking with someone on a more in-depth level to give you uh, strategy and help on, on moving toward God in the relationship. But it also may be celebrating some aspect You know, there are people in my life that just being around them edifies me. Just being in their presence makes me feel closer to God. You know, and so when you find people like that, hang around them and be that person for other people. All right. So when people are with you, they can feel like they're getting closer to God. And in a small group setting, like in our community groups, we're introducing the community groups and we're going to be actually implementing, uh, answering this question, where are you spiritually, what's the state of your soul, and learning how to answer that in a very brief, uh, appropriate way. <clears throat> but uh, also in church, not only in groups, but when you're talking with someone, um, yeah, there's fine to have times where you go more in-depth discussions, but we need to learn how to just clearly, briefly, and in simple uh, terminology, share where we are. Again, as I said earlier, don't tell the whole story uh, don't share the details. So, if you're struggling with a relationship, you don't have to share what that relationship is or the specific person or why that particular person uh, causes you to struggle. You can just say, Hey, I'm, I'm struggling in a relationship. Uh, I, I'm having difficulty uh, in a relationship at work. Would you pray that I have wisdom? Right? That takes what, 10 seconds? But if you go, you know, I, I work at so-and-so, and there's this coworker, and their name is, you know, uh, uh, Bob, and, and every time I see Bob, uh, and pretty soon it's a 30-minute it's a discussion, all right? And, and then everybody else in the group's not going to have time to share where they're at, right? you know? And so if we have a habit of being able to clearly identify where we are and communicate, then we together can Uh, hold one another up in prayer, and just be supportive. You know, another example would be, you know what, this week my relationship with my kids, I've just had the best time ever. I'm so thankful for that. Again, you're not telling the whole story. You're just giving a brief excerpt so that people know where you are, and it also means that you're keeping kind of like a, a, a diary or a a chart as to where you are spiritually and where the different aspects of your spiritual life are. And I think that as we gradually implement this and learn how to uh, do this on a consistent basis, we'll be able to measure where we are and communicate to one another. And the goal, the big, big goal, is that we foster a more healthy and vibrant discipleship community. All right? So that when people join the church uh, and uh, get integrated into our, our body, they'll learn these, these, this terminology and they'll have this expectation that, you know what, I can share with other people in my faith community and they, they know what it means and they know how to be praying for me and be, and be supportive of me. And, um, you know, and, it, and, it's, and it's appropriate and that it, it doesn't mean that I have to sit down and spill my whole life. Does that make sense? Again, this is the reason Jesus Christ came. And maybe you're here, you're listening to the live stream or the podcast, and, and, and you're, you haven't come to the place where you've accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. Well, listen, that's the beginning of the journey. It's not the end of the journey. It's actually the beginning of the journey. When you come to the realization that, uh, that Jesus Christ died on the cross as payment for your sin, And that he calls you into a relationship with him by bowing down. That means submitting to him as your Lord and Savior. That he's the boss and you're here to serve him. But that also he came that through that relationship, he would bring you to the Father. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So that means that this is a beginning of a relationship that brings you closer and closer to uh, the, uh, your heavenly father that you're going to live in relationship with forever. And so maybe that's the first thing that you need to do. You need to realize you're far away from God. And the first step to do is to say, Jesus, I accept you as Lord and Savior. I confess that you are Lord of my life. And if you've done that, then you need to learn how to grow in all of these areas. And as a church, let's learn how to lead others into relationship with him. Amen? Are you going to close?